We are on Ksubis Chav Gimel Amabez 23b3 in the Art Scroll Gemara. And we are beginning a new Mishnah. Uh, this Mishnah has really, is really not connected to the topics of Pesha Asura, Pesha Hitter, that uh, the person who says that uh, he makes it worse off for himself, so then we have to believe him with regards to his entire statement. Um, that's been a, a discussion until now. The Gemara will return to that discussion in the beginning, but this Mishnah is really is really working off of the previous Mishnah, which has to do with uh, two women who were taken into captivity, and they say that we were taken into captivity, but we were we are Tahora, nothing happened to us, and so it's sort of continuing with that Mishnah, and also what happens if we have two people and they testify on each other? Are we concerned for some sort of the? Are we concerned that they they're sort of working together? As we'll see in this uh, in this Mishnah, but let's read the Mishnah. Uh, we'll analyze parts of the Mishnah that the Gemara itself will not be discussing, uh, and we'll leave also some of it for the Gemara. So it says the Mishnah: Essentially, the Mishnah is talking about a case where there are two people, but it doesn't really have to be two people. It could really just be one person. The reason why we have two people is for the, for the next line, but we have a person who comes to. To, to court or they come to the community and they say I'm a Kohen one of the we know there's a Kohanim the priests the Levim the Levites and uh, Yisraelim um, and they say they're a Kohen a Kohen has um, certain privileges but they also have certain restrictions they're allowed to eat the special food of the Truma uh, they have a commandment to to recite the blessing to bless the people um, when they dochen, uh, they are the first ones who get the aliyah, they get the first aliyah, but there are also many restrictions that they have. A regular Kohen is not allowed to marry somebody who's divorced. They cannot marry a convert. Uh, so there's various halachas, various rules that apply to a Kohen. So they come and they come to the community and they say that I am a Kohen. Do we believe them? Do we not believe them? Mishnah says we don't believe them. Why not? Why don't we believe them? This is not discussed in the Gemara. About, why don't we believe him? Let's say it's just one person. So let's take a step back. In general, how many people do we need uh, in order to uh, to to testify about something that's not not about marriage itself? If it's about marriage, we require two witnesses. If it's about money, we require two witnesses. What if it's about saying something is kosher or not kosher um, or giving a status to something? So this is a form of giving a status to something. You're giving a status to the Kohen. So in general, we have the principle of eight echanam and bisurin. One person is believed, not only just one person, but even the person who's involved. If you're cooking in your own kitchen, so then you are believed with regards to other people to say that something's kosher or something's not kosher. Now, if it's a business uh, or uh, or the like, so then maybe there's there should be other concerns, but uh, we want to make sure that uh, we're not cutting corners. But uh, in general, one person is believed. So let's say a person comes and they tell they come come to a new city and they say, forget about being a Kohen. I'm Jewish. Are they believed to say that they're Jewish? So this is actually something that we've discussed in Yevamos. Uh, Tosos in Yevamos discusses this, and he says, yes, you are believed. You're believed to say that you're Jewish. Um, first of all, when it comes to lineage, there's different reasons why, but when it comes to lineage issues, so number one, you could say one person is believed. Go back to that principle that one person is believed. Another principle that you could give is that when it comes to issues of lineage is that this is falls under the category of this will, will come out somehow in, in the future. You can't make these things up. You can't fool everybody. It'll come out. So it must be that they're telling the truth because 
it'll be terrible if they find out a little bit later that the person is lying. So it must be that they're telling the truth. This is something which is so obvious that it'll eventually come out. So there is such a claim as well. Um, Tosos actually, he says that uh, also that uh, maybe in addition to this, I don't know if it would work alone, but he says that uh, there's a concept of majority and the majority of people who come and tell us that they're Jewish. So they're usually Jewish. And so maybe you can follow that majority, maybe in conjunction with some of the other ideas. So then the question becomes, well, what about a Kohen? Why is that any different than when it comes to a Kohen? When it comes to a Kohen, we say, you are not believed. You come and you say that you're a Kohen. We do not believe you, um, at least at the stage of the Mishnah. So why not? So this is discussed by some of the commentators. And they explain uh, that... Uh, Different ways to understand it, but either because we're concerned that they're lying. Why would they be lying? Because of all these different privileges that they get. They get truma, uh, different privileges that they get, so they might be lying. In fact, when it comes to saying that you're a Jew, we generally believe you because, in general, it's worse off, at least uh, from uh, uh, from living in society, in this world type of a perspective, uh, it's worse off for you to, to claim that you're Jewish. Uh, it's, uh, people don't like us. Uh, it's worse off. Obviously, it's a tremendous privilege for us to be Jewish, and we should be extremely proud of it, and um, and uh, happy and excited and privileged to be to be Jewish, but uh, for somebody who's making it up, so then uh, it's really it's worse off for them. But to be a Kohen, to be a Kohen, we're concerned that maybe they'll lie about it. Alternatively, there's another explanation, which is that it does actually impact monetary issues. If you're a Kohen, it would impact monetary issues. If it impacts monetary issues, so then we require two witnesses for that. So maybe we require uh, two witnesses for that. There are other explanations that are also given. Uh, perhaps uh, there is a chazaka. There's a the concept of chazaka that we've been coming back to of following the status quo. That maybe a person as a, as their status quo is that they're not a kohen because as a fetus, which is also a fascinating idea, that as a fetus you are not even if you you are really technically a kohen once you're born because your father's a kohen, but as a fetus, so then you are not a kohen. Um, let's say you go based on the mother for uh, the status as a fetus, and the, uh, perhaps. Uh, and and so the mother is uh, is not, if the mother's not a Kohen, so then the fetus is not a Kohen, even though that baby will eventually that fetus will eventually become a Kohen once it's, once the fetus is born. Uh, perhaps even if the mother is a Kohen, also it's a whole separate discussion. But the point is that maybe because the status quo is that the earliest thing we've known, you're right now a question. The earliest thing we've known is that you're not a Kohen from the from the point of time that you're a fetus. So therefore, we won't believe you because even though you're one person but you're going up against a chazaka so all these different factors are as to why you are not believed to say that you are a kohen today uh, today might be different just to get to the halachic side of this is that today might be different at least for ashkenazim because today um without getting into the specific details which will take much longer uh there are less concerns there are less concerns for today and so therefore, in general, we say that you are believed to say that you are a Kohen. Okay, continuing on in the mission. That was a long uh, explanation of that first line. What happens if What happens if they're not testifying about themselves, but they're testifying about each other? You have two people. I say you're a Kohen. You say I'm a Kohen. Are you believed or are you not believed? According to the first opinion, we say that you are believed. Believed for what? Will be discussed in the Gemara, but at least believed to feed them that special food of Truma. To feed them truma, you are believed for that. Okay, that's according to the first opinion. But there are three other opinions in the Mishnah. Rabbi Yudom or Rabbi Yudah says, no, we can never, we cannot uh, give truma to somebody based on just one witness. One witness won't work. 
That is the position of Rabbi Huda. Why? What are they arguing about? That will be discussed in a future class in the Gemara. Uh, Amr Abelazar, Abelazar is now a, another opinion. He argues and he says, no, really, we will rely on one witness to say that you're a Kohen. But we'll only rely on one witness if there are no other rumors out there or challenges to the fact that you are a Kohen. If there are challenges and there are rumors out there that you're a co- that you're not a Kohen, there are these rumors that uh, something's perhaps maybe you're a Chalal, you've, you're, you're the child of a Kohen, uh, who had a relationship with uh, somebody that they're not allowed to have a relationship with. Or maybe you're a mamzer, or maybe you're not a Kohen. Uh, so so if there's uh, if there's this concern out there, so then we won't trust that one witness, according to Rebbe Lazar. But if there is no such concern out there, so then we would trust, we would believe one witness, at least with regards to giving you truma. We'll see that maybe with regards to other issues, marriage issues, uh, we, we would require more, but with regards to truma, we would believe you. And finally, that we do believe one witness. How is he different than the first opinion is a good question. And that's actually a question that the Gemara will bring up. But we believe him based on one witness. Okay, that is the Mishnah. Essentially, the Mishnah has two parts to it. One is, am I believed to say that I'm a Kohen? No, you're not believed. Am I believed to say that somebody else is a Kohen? And is that person then believed to say that I'm a Kohen? So then... Um, that is a bigger discussion. That's a, that's a dispute. Uh, some opinions say that, yes, you are believed, even though you're just one. Other ple- others say that you're not believed. Why you're not believed will be discussed in the Gemara. Um, and then Rabbi Shimon, uh, there's other opinions. Rabbi Lazar says that it depends. If there's already rumors out there that you're not a Kohen, then you wouldn't be believed. But if not, so then we would believe one witness. So that is that is the Mishnah. The Gemara now asks, new topic, basically, in the Gemara. The opening topic of the Gemara is really a, somewhat of a new topic. But we've had a lot of Mishnayos until now. This is like a quick review of the various Mishnayos, right? The Mishnah is, uh, is the, what we just read, written a few hundred years before the, the writing of the Gemara, which uh, is a commentary on the Mishnah. So uh, the mission, we had, we had a, few, a few Mishnayos that were dealing with Pesha Asar. We're dealing with this concept of Pesha Asar, that if I say something that makes it worse off for me, I have to believe my entire statement, who a Pesha Asar or a Pesha Hitter. So why do we need all these Mishnahs? What are all these Mishnahs coming to add? So it'll be a quick review of the different types of cases that we've been discussing over the last few weeks. So Kohani Lamali, why do I need all these cases? No, we need all them. Why? If we only had the Mishnah that said as follows, going all the way back. If you remember, a person says that, the field was your father's, but I bought it from him. So the field is your father's? No, you need two witnesses to take it away from your father. No, but we have to believe the entire statement to say that I bought it from him. So we'll believe him with regards to his entire statement. That's because Mishum de'ikadra Why? Maybe we'll only believe him in that case because when he's saying something worse off for him, he's losing money. He wouldn't say such a thing unless he's actually, you know, maybe telling the truth or we have to believe his entire statement through and through because... Uh, the repercussions are, are serious. He's, he's, it's a monetary loss. But what about the next Mishnah? The next Mishnah is about witnesses who say that we signed on a document, but we were really disqualified. We have to, um, we have to accept the entire, uh, the entire test, uh, we, we have to accept, uh, the entire testimony. So over there, it's not a monetary loss. Maybe we shouldn't believe them in that case. That's why we have to have the second Mishnah that we believe them through and through, even in the second case. And also, oh, why don't we just have the second case? Vitana Eide Mishum Dila Alma Avil Iu Dila Nafshe. 
Uh, maybe we should believe the witnesses because they're not testifying for themselves. They're testifying on a document for other people. That document was really for other people. So maybe if it's about other people, we have to believe them through and through. But if it's about yourself, your own field, maybe we shouldn't believe you. Uh, that's the first case. We shouldn't believe you for the first case. No, we'll believe you. Amalo. No, we still we believe you in both cases. What about the next Mishnah after that? If we had the first two Mishnahs, the case of where I said this field belonged to your father, but I bought it from him, and the case where I said that I signed, but I was disqualified, maybe that's only because that's dealing with monetary issues. But what about the case where you say that you're married, but you got divorced? So maybe we shouldn't believe you for that, because that's not a monetary issue. That's a marriage issue. And the commentators point out, not that a marriage issue we would necessarily have to be more strict about, but... It's just two different topics. We're discussing two different topics. There are various topics where we have, uh, it comes up a few times in the Gemara, where we say we can't compare the two topics. We can't compare monetary issues to marriage issues. So just because we apply Pesha also to a monetary issue doesn't mean that we're going to apply that to a um, to a marriage issue. So maybe we shouldn't believe that. That's why we have that case also that we believe, we would believe her through and through to say that she was married, but then she got divorced. Oh, what about the next Mishnah? Why do I need the case where she says that I was captured, I was taken into captivity, and in general, we assume that uh, she was uh, she was raped by her captor, and therefore she becomes disqualified to marrying a Kohen. But she says, you know what, nothing happened to me, I'm pure, nothing happened to me. Why do we need that case? That's, a, that's basically a marriage issue. Because I need it for the rest of the laws that are found in that Mishnah, i.e., that let's say uh, their witnesses, she, she first gets married, and then witnesses come and say that we know that she was captured. So we say she doesn't have to leave the marriage, right? That's something that we discussed last week. So uh, though that we need it for the other details in the Mishnah. It's true. We don't need it for the Pesha Asr itself, but we need it for the other details in the Mishnah. So the Gemara asks on this answer, If you recall, there were some opinions that said that uh, it's, we already have that going on the first case, not just going on this case of taken into captivity, but even in the case of marriage. So then it wouldn't be necessary to teach me the, cap- the case of taken into captivity. No, it's there to teach you the next Mishnah. The whole reason why I have the Peshasar is to teach you the next case of what happens if two women who were captured, which was the next Mishnah. So why do I have that mission of two women who were captured? Ah, because... Because two women are captured and each one says, I'm testifying for you and you're testifying for me that each one of us are, nothing happened to each one of us. You might have thought not to believe them because there's some sort of, um, they're reciprocating favors. There's uh, some sort of, uh, they have this plan put in place that I'll testify for you, you'll testify for me. Maybe we shouldn't believe them. No, we still believe them. It's not a problem. Coming back to our Mishnah. This is a big review of all the different Mishnahs. Our Mishnah is about two people, two men. I say about you that you're a Kohen. You say about me that I'm a Kohen. Why do we need that case? We just had the previous case where we said we're not concerned for Gomlin. We're not concerned for reciprocating favors. No, because Mishnah We need this case uh, to teach us about the rest of the Mishnah. The end of the Mishnah says what that, well, there's different opinions. Some opinions say that we believe them. Some opinions, Rabbi Yehuda says, we don't believe them. We don't believe them. Uh, why? We'll see in uh, in a little bit, perhaps in the next class. Um, but we need it for the rest. The whole argument, we had four different opinions 
in the Mishnah. So that's why we quote this Mishnah. So there's a reason where we quote all the Mishnayos. We can't just have one Mishnah to teach us about the concept of Pasha Asar. So therefore, um, so therefore we have all of these Mishnayos. Okay, we'll continue with the Gemara in the next recording. Um, and with, uh, with a new case in the Gemara.